And we want to welcome all of His Glory Nation from east to west to north to south to our latest edition of Lions and Generals. And Pastor Todd, we certainly have a lion and general when it comes to doctors with us today. Well, yes, Pastor Dave, we're so excited to have Dr. Peter McCullough with us. This man has been standing and speaking truth. And uh, Dr. McCullough, we just want to say welcome to the show, sir. Well, thanks so much for having me on the program. You know, as introduced, I'm Dr. Peter McCullough, and I'm a practicing internist and cardiologist. I'm trained in epidemiology. So it's more than telling the truth. I mean, I've been practicing the truth in treating patients with COVID-19 to help them prevent hospitalization and death. And now I'm managing complications of the vaccine. Yes, sir. Well, there's been a lot of updates recently. And so we really wanted to get our audience updated in some of the new findings and things that are coming out from the CDC. And I know there's no one better than to walk us through this than you. So we're going to kind of give you the floor, sir. Well, August was a, a busy month for the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. And many of us have thought the CDC has always been overreaching through the pandemic. Remember, traditionally, the CDC uh, does uh, outbreak investigation for infectious disease outbreaks. They do in vitro diagnostics. They do have CDC assays for a variety of different tests. And then they do data analytics. But the CDC has never been involved in managing sick patients or providing recommendations for sick patients or you know, having any type of guidance. And we saw many examples through the pandemic where CDC was overreaching. For instance, the airlines were under the belief that the CDC was ordering them to wear masks. And we, it took a federal judge in Florida to basically straighten that out, that no, the CDC doesn't give orders for people to wear masks. And as soon as people felt like they could remove the masks on airplanes, they did, and it never went back to them. Well, in August of 2022, the CDC issued new guidance regarding SARS-CoV-2, largely erasing prior things that were said. So for example, the CDC said that no longer does anybody need to quarantine if one's been exposed to COVID-19. People stopped doing that a long time ago. The overall treatment period quarantine is five days, return to work if there's no fever or symptoms in the final two days. We've been doing that uh, again for quite some time. But I think the most notable thing that the CDC said was that the CDC said that a fully vaccinated person was indistinguishable from an unvaccinated yes. yep. person, right? So that was very important. Meaning the CDC has said, from a public health perspective, it doesn't matter whether or not someone's taken a vaccine. So if there's a the military, uh, an employer, school, travel, any other sector of life, if they are uh, suggesting or mandating a vaccine, the only reason why they can do it is from a public health perspective. You know the the employer is not trying to manage your health. They're trying to manage the public health of the uh, workplace. That was a bombshell. Yep. Uh, and with that, there shouldn't be another employer mandate that we have to hear about. And I'm curious to see if employers are dropping them. Well, n not only are they dropping them, uh, doctor, but we're seeing lawsuits come forward. Yes. People get to get their jobs back. The Pandora's box has opened up with lawsuits. It's true. People have asked, you know, can I get my job back? You know, another one has been this, this torture that people have gone through regarding nasal PCR tests done on a routine basis. The FDA never cleared these for routine use. They are only FDA cleared to be used as a diagnostic aid in an acutely sick person. So any entity, school, work, travel, that said you have to take a test once a week was you know, not following the FDA clearance. It wasn't following the WHO. WHO specifically said in June of 2021, no more asymptomatic testing. The CDC just kind of passively let this go on. And finally, they came out and said, stop the asymptomatic testing. So there shouldn't be another person who has to do a weekly test for COVID. Wow. Ugh. Pastor Dave, this, this really hits home with me as a pastor. We've written thousands of religious exemptions, and so many people have reached out that have lost their pensions, their jobs. I mean, I can tell you NYPD officers. I mean, so many people with these – I have a friend who literally helped save people out of the rubble at 9-11 and was just about to get his pension. He's been in a legal battle. Uh, Dr. McCullough, how, how many of these things are you hearing where, where people are getting their jobs back and are entering in these lawsuits? Is this something that's ballooning that's just happening all over the country right now? Well, there are some trends. It's on my Twitter feed today that uh, employers uh, from a peak in April 
7.1% of employers required new employees to be fully vaccinated. That number is down to, I believe, 5.9%. Uh, it should go to zero. Yeah. Uh, you know, yes. I think the big inflection points is the military uh, needs to drop the vaccines. Yes. Uh, if any of you listened in, uh, as I did, uh, quarterback great Aaron Rodgers went on Joe Rogan. Yes. And yep. he told the story. You know, the NFL was committing massive vaccine discrimination against players who didn't feel comfortable taking the vaccine, all for no reason, because they equally got sick with COVID-19. You know, Rogers had to wear a yellow band. He couldn't, uh, he, a differential um, discriminatory testing, couldn't go to so social events, all for nothing. Uh, the NFL was pretending as if the vaccines worked and it was it was some basis to apply discriminatory practice. And boy, do they have egg on their face. Any employer, the NFL, any entertainment industry, travel industry that's had discriminatory vaccine practices, watch out. They should get clobbered and they deserve it. Yeah, look at the U.S. Open over the weekend. It didn't allow the famous tennis player to participate without a jab coming in the United States. And oh, by the way, it was sponsored by Moderna. Yeah. You know, I saw that and, you know, I give great uh, credit to Novak Djokovic, Aaron Rodgers, all the sports greats, Kyrie Irving. And yep. by the way, there's actually three top athletes in their field that had the discernment to understand that the vaccines weren't going to work, that if they get COVID, it's like getting a cold anyway. Aaron Rodgers said he was over it in about two days, by the way. Aaron got the McCullough protocol. He tweeted uh, me when he, he was uh, you know, getting the treatment. And, um, uh, and they knew the vaccines were dangerous. And we've seen uh, uh, former uh, NFL two-way great Deion Sanders of Dallas Cowboys okay. get blood clots shoot down to his toes and get them chopped off. We saw Herb Kirkstreet. Uh, one of my favorite announcers for college football, blood clot, can't go to the combine. You know, all of these were public vaccine, uh, you know, public figures. Tony Saragusa, you know, endless numbers of athletes have died. Uh, they never mention whether or not they've taken the vaccine. But l let me say this much as a doctor. When someone dies in our country, it's 40% cancer, 40% heart disease, and 20% other causes, and it's always known. It's always known the cause of death. Today, uh, one of the uh, Miami Dolphins front office former athlete, you know, 47-year-old African-American gentleman, dead, and again, no explanation. So every time we hear a death with no explanation, in my view, it's the vaccine until proven otherwise. That's right. Yeah. You know, in, in the past, Dr. McCullough, vaccines have been taken off the market supposedly for just a small number of deaths. And the amount of deaths that we've seen are just off the charts. If you look at the VAERS data, if you look at all, how come this time around, is it the media is just completely in bed with these guys? I mean, why is it that there's not a huge expose going on right now? How come they haven't taken it off with all these deaths? I think it has to do with the degree of pre-planning. So the vaccines were all developed before COVID-19, the virus, ever became known to the public. I mean, this is very important to understand. Uh, you, you know, billionaire CEO for Moderna, Stefan Bainzel, he was the CEO of BioMeru, and uh, and he he basically helped the Chinese build the annex to the biosecurity lab in Wuhan, China. That's Bainzel when he was at BioMeru. 2015, he left BioMeru and joined Moderna. And then Moderna started working on the COVID-19 vaccine with the Chinese. And this is memorialized in papers. This is basically a U.S. government NIH operation with Moderna. They co-wrote the patent together, and the work is done in the Wuhan lab. Now, the papers are written by first author Vineet Minicherry and senior author Ralph Barrick. They're published in Nature and Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in 2015. The title of the paper is the emergence of SARS-CoV-2 into human populations. And there they describe how they manipulated the virus and the spike protein to invade human respiratory epithelial tracts and how they were working on a vaccine and monoclonal antibodies at the same time. It's in the paper. And so, uh, you know, this is all in the open. I think these vaccines were planned and developed so far in advance that it was a full commitment to get-go. You know, within three days of the crisis being announced in the United States, 
Moderna announced they already had a vaccine. Yeah. How, you can't develop a vaccine within three days. This was all pre-planned. It's all pre-planned. And now the news just broke. I was on national TV this last weekend. Moderna is suing Pfizer. Yep. They're suing yeah. Pfizer. You, you can't make this stuff up. So, you, you know, people say, well, Dr. McCullough, what do you think about that? I said, go get them. I think during discovery, all this ought to come out. When did when did Moderna actually discover the uh, genetic code to the spike protein, the SARS-CoV-2? I can tell you, it's long before the virus ever got out of the lab. They were committed to get-go from the very beginning to vaccinate every person with no exceptions in the world every six months with no end in sight. This was a mass vaccination plan all along. Yep. Yeah, I have contacts yeah. in Israel. Israel is one of the, the worst at doing this. Um, uh, they've since gotten rid of the health minister in Israel. But the, the plan that the generals from Israel told me was that I think they got to four and they were going to do one every six months with no end date. They were just going to keep it going. Yeah, sure. Israel had announced that um, I think they had seven years worth or 14 doses per person. Canada, I think about 10 years, five doses per person. Uh, papers from the Israeli Defense Force showed even on the third dose, more and more cases of myocarditis or heart inflammation. I spent hours on the phone this weekend with a critical patient uh, in another state in the ICU, a young man who took two shots, then he took a booster. A few days later, he's in the ICU in fulminant car cardiac shock, fulminant um, myocarditis. Uh, I see it every day uh, in my practice now. Myocarditis doesn't go away. Uh, the amount of damage is substantial. Paper on my Twitter feed today from UCLA. You should see the amount of damage in a 15-year-old boy they're showing on the MRI. Uh, okay. Papers by Jenna Shower, two of them showing the damage is not going away. You know, they're far in excess of 15% late gadolinium enhancement, which is the scar burden. Uh, that's the threshold by which we put in an IC or D or defibrillator. I can't imagine how many young people now are going to have damaged hearts the rest of their lives, all for no reason. Remember, the CDC told us in young people, 75% have already had COVID through February of 2022, probably now nearly 100%. And uh, there's no reason for anybody to take a vaccine. You know, in Texas, I testified in the Texas Senate on June 27, 2022. And uh, in the lead up to my testimony, the dean for the School of Public Health at University of Houston testified and he, he said that 99% zero prevalence in the state, everyone's been exposed to this stuff. No one needs wow. a vaccine. So wow. what would you say to, you know, like the, the mayor of Washington, D.C., where, you know, the CDC has done a flip telling us there's no difference between whether you're vaccinated or the, uh, our own immune system. But she's saying all public school has to be vaccinated before you come to school, period. No, no uh, remote learning. You either get the jab or you don't go to school. Almost all of these authorities are citing the CDC. They're saying, oh, we're following the CDC guidance. So the real issue for the parents, and I'm sure their lawyers, is to say, follow the CDC guidance. They're, they're indistinguishable. You cannot discriminate. Same thing with the NFL. The NFL cannot discriminate if someone's vaccinated or unvaccinated. They, they cannot be distinguished because the vaccine doesn't do anything. Wow. We're seeing some developments with Anthony Fauci now stepping down here in December. Big breaking news. Uh, you know, I, I can't wait. I mean, we're counting down the days. Uh, but why do you think this is happening, Dr. McCullough? There's never been such a hated public person, I think, in modern American history. The, you know, the degree of vitriol that people have when they think about this doctor who is, was never from the beginning qualified to do this type of work, not appropriately board certified in the right specialties. He'd never seen a COVID patient, never showed any compassion, uh, didn't bring in experts that actually did know how to treat the illness and learn how to do it. Uh, he simply tried to administrate, I think was, was, was a debacle. And the debacle was to, uh, to lock down the country, social distance, wear masks, and then wait for a vaccine that that, that failed if the vaccine didn't stop a single case of COVID and was grossly unsafe. And so thousands of people have lost their life with the vaccine, uh, many tens, if not hundreds of thousands uh, with vaccine injuries and disabilities now. It, it, it couldn't be someone in a worse position. Uh, while people are cheering that he's on the way out the door, uh, you, you know, we don't know what's going to happen next. The right. Biden administration had announced uh, and installed Dr. Ashish Jha as the White House coordinator 
uh, he's someone who, who claims that, you know, that Fauci is his idol. Ja went against me in the historic uh, first round of the U.S. Senate uh, testimony in July, in, in November 19th of 2020. And I testified to America that Ja was reckless. He had never seen a COVID patient, had no clinical experience, was underpublished. It was just, he was just out. He was just was out resourced everywhere we could. We couldn't have picked a, a lesser competent person to install. So, you know, there's a big issue with incompetence in the White House task force, the CDC, NIH, FDA. And that's brought out in Scott Atlas's book, you know, yeah. A Cloud Over yeah. Our Nation. And Scott believes a lot of this is incompetence. He felt Deborah Burks, Fauci, they simply weren't reviewing the data. When I went on Fox with Laura Ingram. I told Laura several times ago, I don't think the CDC is even reading the papers. I don't, they're not even showing me that they have basic knowledge. And uh, of course, Deborah Burks dropped her own bombshell by coming out and saying uh, right. that she knew the vaccines weren't going to work. And she knew that tons of vaccinated people were in the hospital and that, you know, vaccines have completely failed. So I got to tell you, August was was not a good month for those who are carrying forward the public health agenda for the country. And we're not done yet. We still have a few more days. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Seems like she was trying to cover her tracks there, you know, and, and kind of seeing what's coming ahead. Uh, what do you think is coming ahead when you see this, this these storm clouds gathering for, you know, big pharma and, and these pharmaceutical giants? I mean, what, what do you foresee in the, in the near future and down the line? You know, a lot will depend on the midterm elections. Uh, many of uh, my Republican colleagues have told me if they can get a majority in the House, and they'll have a power to actually start to subpoena people, call people to testify. And it doesn't matter if they left office or not. And we do need investigation. Yeah. I went on with uh, Steve Bannon, spent some time with him at CPAC. And I've recently written a book, Courage to Face COVID-19. Showed Steve the book. There's other great ones, Scott Atlas. Peter Bregan, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, Pam Popper, uh, Robert F. Kennedy, real Anthony Fauci. And we know Bannon impressed me. You know what he said? He said, thank goodness you guys wrote the books with the citations in it. He says, I, Bannon told me, he goes, he thinks all the electronics are going to be whitewashed. That wow. forget Twitter, forget, they're going to they're gonna rewrite everything. Everything electronically is going to get corrupted. And a lot of it already is. And what's going to save us is the books and the documentaries that actually documented things. Uh, and so, you know, we do in our book, for instance, you know, nobody in mainstream media would bring out the fact that Bainzel helped, you know, led Bayer-Mayu in building the Chinese lab. I mean, this is in the open. All of this is in the wide open, the Gates Foundation and, and how they formed CEPI, the Center for Epidemic Preparedness and Innovation with the World Economic Forum led by Klaus Schwab, how they formed this center in 2017. They wrote a business plan. They said there will be infectious disease pandemics right. and we will have one response and that is mass vaccination. I mean, th this is all pre-declared. It's all in the open. They're executing a worldwide mass vaccination program, and sadly, it's gone wrong. I don't think anybody would be complaining if the vaccines really worked and they were safe, uh, but they're far from each. Yeah. Pastor, what do you, uh, you have a question for him, sir? Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, the, the, we look at our military. Another one I want to give a shout out to a, a pro uh, athlete who's been on with his glory is Jonathan Isaac from Orlando yes. Magic. He stood up, literally. Uh, his, his book is called Stand Up. And he said no. And, uh, and, and, and we need more professional athletes to do that. But the, the, the heartbreaking thing for me being a Marine is all the, what they've done to our, our, our military. We've had lieutenant colonels come in and yes. on his glory and talk about if we don't take the jab, then we get dishonorably discharged, no pension, 19 years of military service, putting their life on their line, invaluable amount of experience for our military. Uh, so right now, Dr. McCall, tell the military, there is no reason to have the military take this vaccination. Yeah, I think the whole vaccine program is weakened the military in three ways. Oh, yeah. The uh, first thing is, uh, you know, largely the military, there's 2.7 uh, people in the military, a lot of young people. Uh, again, most young people have been through COVID. And if they get COVID, it's like a cold. So most people in the military didn't want the vaccines at all. Right. So by forcing the vaccines on them, they actually mentally broke them. You know, we, we train our military to be mentally tough. We want to make them tough. 
Now we've intentionally weakened them. Every military person who's in, injected against their will now is mentally weaker. Uh, it's almost like someone giving up information during an interrogation. You know, they kind of just capitulate. That's what's happened. The second way it made us weaker is that the vaccines, uh, about 15% of people really damaged them. And we learned that from a recent Zogby survey, you know, valid survey company, 15% of people take the vaccine has some new disease that we're worried about. You know, it's a blood clot, heart damage, headaches, neurological problems, um, autoimmune problems. It's endless. And so, uh, so we've been weak in there. And then the third way the vaccines are weak in the military is there's about a quarter million military that have strong minds and strong bodies, and they're not taking the vaccine. Those are the people we want. Yep, That's right. our Delta Force. And you know what? They're actually being kicked out or they're walking away. So this is a triple loss for our military. Uh, and I tell you, I want Lloyd Austin. I want him right in front of me. None of these people have the courage to face me. I mean, it's really, it's, they're that weak. They are. No, it's unbelievable. And the pilots, you know, the pilots of some of these very advanced aircraft, like, you know, the Raptors and the F-22 and all these different, I mean, you know, they can't just make those pilots overnight, you know, and a lot of these guys got kicked out. It's just unbelievable. Uh, man, we got so much to talk about. I want to talk about the kids and, the, and you know, we kind of went into that a little bit, but a little bit more these young babies and kids all around the world. What's, what's the implications for this next generation? So much more to talk about with Dr. Pina McCullough. We got to go to a break. Uh, Pastor, why don't you take us out? Yep. We'll be right back after this with Dr. Peter McCullough. Beverly Hills Precious Metals Exchange is a client-focused firm devoted to assisting our clients with precious metals. Our clients range from first-time to serious coin collectors and investors seeking to add precious metals to their investment portfolios. We are not interested in volatile investments, leveraged products, and intangible assets. With rising inflation and the devaluing of the dollar hurting middle-class families, investing in gold and silver ensures protection for your hard-earned money. Save the value of your money today by investing in gold and silver at Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I want to give each and every one of you one last chance to get my original My Slippers. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get your very own My Slippers for only $49.98. That's $90 off and the biggest savings ever. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Not only that, they come with an indoor-outdoor sole so you can wear them anytime, anywhere. I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. And now you can get them for the best savings ever, only $49.98. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now to get your very own My Slippers for only $49.98. That's $90 off. We have extremely low quantities, and once they're gone, they're gone. So order now. And we are back with Lions and Generals, and we certainly have a Lion and General and Dr. Peter McCullough. It's just such a pleasure having you on his glory again. Uh, Pastor Todd, I'll let you tee it up to uh, our great guest here again. Yeah, you know, before we do that, I just want to thank you, Pastor Dave, because you've covered this, the entirety of this thing. And, uh, you know, you're one of the, this is one of the few outlets where you can hear the absolute truth on this and have guests like Dr. Peter McCall. And so, Dr., you know, we were talking in the green room. Uh, I have neighbors that have literally dropped dead. I have a 45-year-old neighbor that was walking to get his mail and just dropped dead at the edge of his driveway. Now he's got a, a wife and two kids that have been left, you know, and I hear stories like this all the time. I know Pastor Dave hears them. I know you do. Uh, you know, why aren't people making the connection here? I mean, this is vaccine-related, is it not? In the United States, we almost always know the vignette. Uh, you know, long history of, of heart disease, long history of cancer, uh, a drug overdose, a suicide or motor vehicle accident. This idea that people just pass away, that they just die. I mean, one of the most notable ones was recently um, Democratic Congressman Sean Kasten from yeah. Illinois, uh, you know, promoting the vaccine, tweeting about the vaccine, is going to vaccinate his two daughters. You know, he's very public about it. His 17-year-old daughter who looked perfectly healthy. There was nothing to suggest she had illness. There never was a mention of illness. It's just dead in her, in her sleep. And then the mention uh, is just, you know, we should enjoy life while we have it together. Some type of eulogy like that. Anytime you see that, where there's no mention of a, a drug overdose or a suicide or a car accident or a long history of cancer or a long history of cardiopulmonary disease, it is the vaccine until proven otherwise. And, and, the, and the interesting thing is, they don't come out and say, 
it wasn't the vaccine. They don't right. say, well, right. we didn't take the vaccine. So it actually started with Hank Aaron. Remember, former baseball great yeah, Hank yep. Aaron, he takes the vaccine, and then and in a few days later, he's dead. He looked perfect as a, looked like a perfectly healthy elderly man, and it's gone on and on. There's been notable public figure after notable public figure, about a 1,000 athletes in Europe where they've mandated the vaccine on the athletes. And I can tell you, at the athletic level, they're all screened for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or anomalous coronaries. Uh, listen, these athletes are good to go. You hear about athletes being traded and, and passing their physicals. I mean, they are triple checked. We just do not see CPR being done on the NFL, you, you know, 50 yard line or just, it just doesn't happen anymore because of modern day medicine. So people should not be dying like this unexpectedly. It's the vaccine until proven otherwise. And how do people die? Uh, they die because they've had myocarditis. And what we've learned recently in a paper by Minugian and colleagues from Bangkok, Thailand, but they use the best overall technology, first prospective cohort study, they showed that, in fact, young people aged 13 to 18 clearly get heart inflammation. They get myocarditis, and a decent number of them is, is actually subclinical. They don't feel it. They don't feel it. So these young people are getting the vaccine. They're getting heart damage, and they don't feel it. And then a scar is formed in the heart. And then later on, with a surge of activity or in the shower or sleeping, uh, there is a sudden death. And, and it's probably ventricular tachycardia to ventricular fibrillation and then a systole and death. Many of these deaths, by the way, there's no opportunity for CPR. They just die like you described your neighbor at the end of the driveway. And, and in a paper by Gill and colleagues from Connecticut, two boys uh, died on days three and four after the second Pfizer shot. Parents found them at home, but they were smart enough to get autopsies. And the uh, the coroner and then the pathologist from University of Michigan, University of Minnesota, concluded it was fatal Pfizer myocarditis. Wow. And so, uh, you know, everybody who's dying now, the family members, if they're awake, they should ask for autopsies and get this nailed down. If they've taken the vaccine, you should know which one and what lot numbers. This is really important because it's not randomly distributed across the, the vaccines. It's only associated with certain lots. And in trial site news, uh, Sasha Ladipova has done a wonderful analysis. You can find this online where, uh, you know, many people take the vaccine and nothing happens. Right. And it's only a small number of lots that account for the vast majority of deaths and injuries. And so with the leading thinking on this is what's going on is uh, remember how they used to super cool the vaccines and there's all this cooling, you know, they're not doing any of that anymore. They're just shipping these things out. They're using multi-use files. I think most people are getting relatively inactive or in, inert messenger RNA or adenoviral DNA. They're basically getting duds. And so that's the reason why people don't have much of a reaction. I told you the, the, um, Zogby data, 85%, nothing happens. Uh, well, it's because you're getting a dud. But in the 15% who actually get a, a solid installation of the genetic code for the lethal Wuhan spike protein, in fact, it's lethal in some. Wow. So why would they get a dud? Well, they get a dud just because of uh, you know material handling, the okay. fact that there's imperfections in the manufacturing. It's, it's almost it's, it's mankind and human error that's sparing these people. And it's, wow. actually, it's actually the vaccine and its biological action as designed that's resulting in death. Wow. Unbelievable. I just saw a report the other day that said the new booster is going out without even being tested. How, how can that be true? They're saying that this thing's not even being tested. So this sounds like this on steroids now. What in the world? We're in a complete free fall of regulatory uh, uh, jurisprudence right now. It's complete malfeasance. Uh, the, the vaccine manufacturers convinced the FDA that no more research would be needed, that they could just change the vaccines and, and float them out on the market using antibody data. Well, I can tell you, antibodies are a very poor surrogate for clinical outcomes. The new vaccines are called bivalent vaccines. They're supposed to be covering the BA4 and BA5 uh, subvariants. And, and, you know, we're probably going to be finishing off that wave before they even come out. But uh, the idea here is we have no idea if they even work. We have no idea if they're safe. They actually could be worse because now they're offering different antigenic um, uh, disturbances in the human body. And in the rubric of dumb and dumber, it's been said by the authorities, the CDC, that someone won't be eligible for the new vaccines unless they're fully uh, uh, vaccinated with the old vaccines. 
So for everybody who's dodged the old vaccines right now, they're not even eligible for the new ones. I mentioned that at an audience in St. Louis last week, and everyone cheered. They're like, yeah, <laughs> finally, I'm not eligible. I like it. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank God for that. You know, I mean, you know, the mental fortitude of some of the people that have been able to say no has been, I mean, amazing because, it, you know, so much pressure, losing your job, losing your yeah. pension. It's pretty uh, remarkable that, you know, to those that were willing to say no, you know, and you got to give them kudos, right, doctor? Well, look what Aaron Rodgers went through. I yep. was stunned that they were doing that. What he describes is pure torture. Yep. And, 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 they, and the athletes that didn't want to get vaccinated, they were wondering, when is this going to end? And, uh, you know, they're worried about their contracts. They're worried about this. Do you know they're in the Screen Actors Guild for all the, uh, you know, all the really highly public uh, uh, figures. Uh, they were, um, you know, excessively forced into taking these vaccines. And I think the unusual thing is nobody knows who's responsible. You know, it wasn't like Roger Goodell got up there and said, I'm responsible for the mandates. It's not, no one is taking responsibility. And all these large companies that are mandating the vaccine, who, whose idea was it? Was it the CEO? Was it the COO? No one has any accountability or transparency on the decision. That should tell you something. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just chilling when you think about this. You know, it's just chilling to think about lack of accountability. I mean, I, everybody wants to see an investigation. Everybody wants the truth to come out. People like you, uh, doctor, you put your whole career. I mean, I don't think uh, people understand the the you know that you're a lion. In a, I mean, we we should just put your picture on the on the on the show because yeah. seriously, man. I mean, let's just be honest, man. I mean, do, just give us a little taste. I mean, how how can we be praying for you? How can we be standing with you? Because it's unbelievable. Thank you. And so many have uh, prayed. Uh, you can all read it all in Courage to Face COVID-19. That'd be the first way to support is right now it's available on Amazon. Go to Amazon. It's one of the top ranked books in the whole, you know, out of the 2 million books on Amazon. I think the other day it hit number 56. I mean, that's wow. terrific. Um, it, it's, a tr it's a great book. It's uh, Courage to Face COVID-19, black and red cover. It uh, you can read in about two and a half hours, and it's the only book that's written by a bestseller. John Leake's the lead author. He's, he's a you know, full-time bestselling author. And it's a, it's a nonfiction story. It's actually a story. It's a page turner about what was happening to me, how I was being inventive, trying to help my patients here in Dallas. Uh, Didier Rialt was doing it in France, Vladimir Zelenko in New York, how all this came together, why Peter Navarro called me from the White House and suddenly I'm catapulted into uh, a public activity. The U.S. Senate gets a hold of me. How all of this happens in the chapter, getting to your question, there's a chapter called The Stripping and how my credentials, including my job, were just stripped away from me before the vaccines, just stripped away because I was trying to help patients. And the stripping always occurs by email or by certified letter with no courtesy phone call, no explanation, and with no due process. I'm, I'm talking about things that deserve due process, like, like a non-renewal on a contract, that led to now a, a big dispute in the settlement. Um, you know, editorships where there should be a phone call. Some there must be some transition to a new editor. There was nothing. It was just this abrupt. Uh, you know, you're 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 fired. And uh, same thing with professorships. No faculty senate. I've been stripped of all NIH committees, all industry committees, writing groups, uh, and it keeps going on and on and on. And no one seems to know why. It's just like the employers and the mandates. When you say who's behind this, nobody knows. Yeah. That is, I mean, as anti-American as it could possibly get. I mean, we're talking about communism. I mean, you know, they're they, how many of our friends, uh, no, these are not conspiracy people. These are no recognized, you know, amazing people in their field, taken down from social media, deplatformed, lost their credentials, lost their jobs. I mean, I hear this story all the time, Pastor Dave. You know, I mean, how many times we interview people, right? That same story. And this is in America. This is digital book burning. This is, I mean, the highest level of censorship, communism. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are frustrated, Dr. McCauley. You know, what? Yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, no one's actually had the courage to face me or anyone in my circles. We, uh, uh, in Washington, on January 24th, 2022, we had COVID-19, a second opinion. It was a five-hour Senate testimony. We had seats there for uh, for all the public health officials that you see on TV, White House Task Force, other senators. They didn't have the courage 
to face us. Recently with uh, Ron Johnson, I was uh, with um, Robert Malone and Pierre Corey at the Hillsdale yeah. installation in Washington. Again, no one has the courage to engage in dialogue. I've gone to public debates at uh, Penn State and Kansas University where the faculty doesn't show up. They don't have the courage to show up. Uh, I've been in military court where, again, no one has the has the courage to, to show up. And, and you know, I, can't, I don't even get a bad email. So no one's actually sent me a bad email and said, Dr. McCullough, I disagree with you, or a bad phone call. Nothing. No, no one's actually ever had a conversation with me why we, we disagree. And, you know, Steve Kirsch, uh, multimillionaire, has really, I testified in the, in the Pennsylvania Senate with him. He put it out there. He said, any doctor in the public health agencies or at any medical school in the United States who wants to come out and defend these vaccines and say they're safe and effective, he'll pay a million dollars. Nobody. Wow. Two million dollars. Nobody. Five million dollars. Nobody. Ten million dollars or name your price. Not a single doctor in the country will come out and defend these vaccines for basically a retirement. They won't do it. I mean, that should tell you, that, speak, that speaks volumes. Something is going on where there's not a single CEO who will come out and say that the, the mandate was their idea. There's not a single doctor who will come out and stand behind the vaccines. Yet when the doctors get in the examining room with the patients, they're pressuring patients into it. Yeah. Yeah, to take that a step further, not only are you they going after your your medical license and trying to deplatform you and all this, but I know many of these doctors. I'm not going to name them by name, but some of them have been on his glory and mentioned death threats and threats on no, their lives just for standing up for the truth. So there's a well, you know, I I had a threat to come in from the American Board of Internal Medicine that said they were submitting me for a disciplinary uh, review. And uh, they picked some statements that I gave under sworn testimony in the March 2020 Senate hearings in Texas. And, you know, I gave those I gave that testimony under oath. And when you testify under oath, it's the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Uh, so help you God. It's the best you can do. I was answering questions the best I could. And they took exception to these statements and, and are putting me under a professional review. That should be a real strong signal. To any doctor, nurse, engineer, professional, clergyman, that you could go and actually give testimony as a public citizen, which you do on your own time, your own resources, and then suffer professional reprisal. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson was so enraged, he, he called out the American board and said, listen, let's meet, let's go over it. What statements do you disagree with? The American board would not come out and meet at Senate request. The Association of American Physicians and Surgeons launched a lawsuit against ABIM saying you can't, you know, subject these doctors to, to reprisal for public statements made under oath. And we're, we're caught up into, and no one seems to get to know what's motivating the American Board of Internal Medicine. What's motivating these large employers? What's motivating the NFL or the military? What's actually behind this? Nobody knows. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. unbelievable yeah. It really is unbelievable. Uh, you know, um, Rand Paul came out, you know, gain of function talking to Fauci. And, you know, he was like one of the only guys that's out there really breaking this thing down. Uh, did anything ever come out about that, Dr. McCall? I mean, anything come out as far as legally or anything? No, I mean, Rand Paul made some progress, but honestly, he can just read the papers. I don't think Fauci has any special knowledge. It's clear that they were manipulating the virus. The University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, uh, the, also the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston was involved a bit earlier. The National Institutes of Health funds it. The shuttle agency between the U.S. institutions and the NIH and the Wuhan lab is the EcoHealth Alliance, uh, and, and they're involved. The work is done in the Wuhan lab because they have access to the bats where they can harvest the virus from the bats. They manipulate the spike protein, which previously was innocuous. This stuff was a benign virus, and they make it be able to invade a human respiratory epithelial tract in animals, and that was described in the Menachery papers. And then they and then they basically make it far more invasive. That's the gain of function research. And they kept tweaking it, tweaking it until they could invade a human body. So it was done on purpose. Mm -hmm. It absolutely positively is done on purpose. It's all laid out, it's all in the publications. You know, one of the best books that memorializes this is Peter Bregan, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. That's worth everybody having. That has over 1,100 citations. And in the timeline, 
Bregan summarizes 36 pandemic uh, preparedness planning events, 25 of which generated written documents and six are filmed. You can watch it. This was all planned. This was in the making and it's in the open. It does, you don't need Senate hearings for this. It's in the open. Yeah, so you talk about the Wuhan lab. That's a level four bio lab. It, things just don't float out of level four right. bio lab. And get funded, you know? It's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, I know we only got a few more minutes here, Doctor. You know, with kids, uh, parents that are watching this, that are super freaked out right now, they're listening to this, they're saying, oh, my gosh, my kids. Is there any way... You can, you know, get this out of your system. What do you recommend? I mean, uh, you know, give us some words on that. Well, let's take the youngest age group, uh, ages six months to five years. The vaccine schedules there are actually three doses, shot one, two, and three, about three to four weeks apart, and then on to an every six-month schedule. You know, a small uh, baby's body, small child, toddler's body cannot take the foreign genetic code from the Chinese biosecurity lab into the human body. The parents have to know that's wrong. It sounds wrong. It's very wrong to take foreign genetic code out of a Chinese biosecurity lab and inject it into your child's body with these numbers of injections. It just can't be good. Uh, there are no studies that suggest it even does anything beneficial. Moderna, you, you know, the FDA is completely unmoored. Uh, the vaccine efficacy that Moderna reported was 4%. I mean, that, that's like nothing. Uh, you know, anything less than 50% vaccine efficacy is not even worth talking about. And we have no assurances on long-term safety whatsoever. Uh, we do have data by House and colleagues, MMWR, into December 2021, where there was obvious in younger children, age 5 to 11, heart damage was going on by taking the vaccines. Now, fortunately, with all these efforts, you know, there's been the COVID, COVID Global Summit, 1,700 doctors, uh, uh, 17,000 doctors signed on to that, worldwide protests. Children's Health Defense, uh, you know, Truth for Health Foundation, on and on and on. The message got out. Uh, it's fewer than five percent of children have, have gotten a vaccine, and so the parent, the parents have really listened. Uh, the pediatric vaccination program has fallen flat. Remember, there were no school outbreaks. Uh, the, the only kids who have gotten trouble were kids who were previously on ventilators or had cystic fibrosis, and they just weren't adequately treated at home. Healthy kids are fine, and almost every one of them's had COVID. So. Hopefully not another child will be vaccinated. Yeah. None of that. Gosh. I mean, yeah. Pastor Dave, what's on your heart? Yeah. You, <laughs> like, yes. you, you, you don't mess with God's kids. I mean, it's bad enough, but when you mess with the kids, that takes it to a whole different level. And, you know, we, 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 we pray for them. So um, can you walk us through, you know, the average person that gets COVID, what the, what the McCullough uh, protocol is? And how sure, McCullough protocol is copyright pending, but it's probably the most comprehensive protocol out there. There's also FLCC, uh, uh, Zelenko, and then the uh, Marseille France protocols. There's also uh, innovative protocols by Chetty in South Africa and Barentios in South America. So I want to give everyone credit who put together multi-drug protocols. The principles are, though, is that we need multiple drugs. This is not a single drug problem. And anybody who watched President Biden his wife, Anthony Fauci. You watched all these people have a miserable time taking Paxlovid as a single drug. I mean, that, that should teach you right. that we need a combination. We always use combinations of drugs for serious infections. So it actually starts up top with nasal and oral virucidal washes. The state of the art now is dilute povidone iodine or dilute betadine. You make this at home, half a teaspoon of povidone iodine, three quarters of a teaspoon of peroxide, either one, in a shot glass of water, pinch of salt, squirt it up the nose, sniff it back, spit it out, do it twice on both sides, gargle with the rest. That knocks out the virus. It works for the common cold. Most important thing I've learned in the pandemic. I tell you, I will never be sick with a cold again for two weeks because it really does. You have to knock down the virus in the nose. Remember, they test for the virus in the nose. Wow. You have to treat the nose. Everybody wants to take a pill or a shot. No, the virus is in the nose. Everyone's using hand sanitizer. No, it's not a hand infection. It's a nose infection. We have to wash the nose with something that's going to kill the virus. If you don't want to use the homemade solutions, you can use Cofix RX or you can use Clear XLEAR, colloidal silver. They all work. Actually, it takes wow. very little to kill the virus. You got to start doing that. You know, you can do it once or twice a day prevention, up to four hours treatment. Uh, the nutraceuticals and supplements play a role. Zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, quercetin, and, and then over-the-counter 
famotidine or Pepsid at a high dose, 80 milligrams a day. Over-the-counter aspirin, recent analysis from the University of Virginia, 20,000 patients, those who took famotidine and aspirin had a 45% risk reduction for any need of ventilatory support. I mean, all these things are supported by the data. We've now phased out the monoclonal antibodies, don't need to be worried about them. We go to the oral antivirals, we've got hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, Paxlovid, molnipiravir, one of those, uh, azithromycin or doxycycline, if there's a lot of um, secretions, uh, that's fine. Uh, inhaled budesonide, uh, as invented by Richard Bartlett, oral prednisone, oral colchicine. And then I haven't had to use uh, anticoagulant blood thinners in quite some time. I just recently, by the way, had a patient in Dallas, listen to this, a woman who had COVID-19 in January of 2021, got through it, and then had a second case in December of 2021, uh, probably the end of the Delta. And you know what? She had a blood clot shoot to her kidneys. Wow. And so she did need it. She's on blood thinners. So we do see these. Uh, with the Omicron outbreak, I haven't routinely used blood thinners, but remember to take aspirin. It's very important. So it's about four to six drugs in combination. as what Aaron Rodgers did, Joe Rogan. They got through it. Actually, former President Trump received a formative version of the McCullough Protocol. I first published it in the American Journal of Medicine and then subsequent reviews in cardiovascular medicine in 2020 is memorialized forever in the peer-reviewed literature, copyright pending. I did it the right way. I mean, I did the best scholarship I could. I published it. I showed it. It works. And the sad thing is that I've looked at all the hospitalizations. There's a recent huge survey by Verdkirk, 18,000 people, and it showed the only people who are hospitalized were those who received no early treatment. It was clear. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. What about, um, I'm sure you get asked this question a lot. Uh, I don't know the proper term. Is it called COVID rebound or COVID fog? How how do you get rid of that? May 24th, 2022, the CDC put out a health advisory, first one we've had on oral treatments. And and they didn't put it out on on ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. They put it on Paxlovid. Some people call it Paxlovoid because it's leaving a void in the treatment. And that's the Pfizer drug combination of uh, nerfentrolivir and ritonavir. And in what they found is in those who are fully vaccinated, it looks like the immune system is weakened. Right. And it makes it more difficult to eradicate the virus. So going on Paxlovid, all it does is prolong the illness and make somebody more infective longer. And so the CDC is largely advising away from that and to use another oral antiviral still. So what we see is we see public figure after public figure <laughs> taking Paxlovid as a single drug, and they're fully vaccinated, and they're having a miserable time. Jeez. Unbelievable. You, you mentioned the, uh, how the immune system gets, uh, basically, it's like a vaccine-induced, I mean, is it kind of like an AIDS, like an like a autoimmune? Dis- yeah, what is that? It's a misdirection. In the, in the 2021, there were papers, one authors by Wheatley, uh, and the term in the title paper is called immune imprinting. If you keep giving the same vaccine against the, op- against the obsolete spike protein, the, the immune system is being misdirected. So when you get the real thing, it kind of attacks over here and the body's immune system is not ready to defend it. So all the analyses suggest you're much better off being unvaccinated and actually getting the illness. You're, you're really responsive to the drugs. We get the drugs going and we get people through this. My mom recently uh, is in senior assisted living. She's unvaccinated. She got the illness. We got her the McCullough protocol. I mean, she was better and, you know, she's older and, and, and has a few medical problems. You know, she was better in five days. Wow. Wow. I mean, Biden was sick for a month, Fauci for a month. I mean, it was miserable watching them and mom and assisted living does way better than them because she's unvaccinated. And she got the right protocol. So God knew what he was doing when he created our <laughs> immune system in our body. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, thank God for men like you, Dr. McCullough, that have come out uh, against all odds, really, just to share the truth. I mean, how many lives have been saved through your protocol and others like Dr. Zelenko and, and just real heroes? I really believe you guys are going to go down in the history books. You know, there's going to be a time when when people see who really stood, who really stood for truth and, and you know, just all the opposition. And yet you were standing. Uh, what makes you do it, sir? What makes you do it? I, I you know, I testified under oath and in the, in the U.S. Senate, I nearly broke down into tears. I said, I could not let the virus slaughter my patients. I couldn't do it. In the book, I tell the story. I couldn't let the virus slaughter my dad. I couldn't do it. 
I, I couldn't ethically let that happen. The real question is, how could other doctors let that happen? Yeah. How yeah. could they do it? And how could our government suppress treatment? It's all in our book, Courage to Face COVID-19. Yeah, so get that today. That's right. Uh, Dr. McCullough, what's your website before we go? It's PeterMcCulloughMD.com. Any closing thoughts, thoughts Dr. McCullough, to the, the, his glory family? I think everybody at this point in time ought to be you know, working through discernment. We are clouded by confused messages. And for the first time, honestly, we've lost complete trust in our government and our government agencies. There is no monkeypox emergency. I don't see one. No one else does. There's no COVID emergency, yet our governments are declaring these. We're in a relatively sudden, awful time of gender confusion and terrible things going on in education. Everybody at this point in time, the word of the day is discernment. Eyes to see, ears to hear. Amen. Dr. McCullough, a true lion and a general. That wraps up this edition of Lions and Generals. Uh, God bless you all and go in his shalom. Hey, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. We just want to honor you and thank you from the bottom of our heart. You know, obviously the grace of God and his favor is on this ministry, but also your listener support is what gets us through. We are seeing win after win. I'm telling you, amazing things are happening. Uh, We are not losing this battle. We're taking back the territory for the kingdom of God. And that's why he's raising up a remnant. And this remnant is taking back this nation. And so we're doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit, by spreading truth and informing people, waking people up getting people saved, set free, healed, delivered. But it's your listener support that allows us to do these things. And so I just want to thank you. Uh, if you have a heart to give today, you can go to toddcoconato.com slash give, toddcoconato.com slash give, and help fund our efforts. We are actionable, and we are not going to back down. We're not going to grow weary in doing good. We know that the Lord is with us even until the end of the age. And so we will continue to do what we do, and we just thank you again for your heart to support these efforts. May God bless you and thank you for being the remnant.